Hey, what's up? My name is Rich Ryan. This is the Reinforced Running Podcast. Welcome. Today we have the one and only Yancey Culp. And Yancey, he is one of the most influential coaches and athletes in OCR to date. And he has a ton of ideas. And along those ideas, he's a man of action. So he brings those ideas to life for the benefit of the OCR community. So in the episode, Yancey jumps on and we talk about how to how we're going to start seeing a separation in athletes and some who are going to excel in the future and some of those who are going to flounder during this COVID-19 outbreak and how you can be on the right side of that separation. And we also talk about how to keep yourself fit and motivated during this time with some fun fitness challenges and and some ways that you can prepare for DecaFit and how to train to get into that pain cave. And Yancey's is hands down the most inspirational and positive coach that I've had on this podcast. And, and after listening, you're definitely going to want to get after it. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you do, drop us five stars or a nice little review. That would be great. We, we would love that. It would help us out. All right. Here is Yancey Culp. Yancey Culp is here. Yancey, thanks for joining me this morning. Thanks for having me, Rich. So I'm really excited to chat with you today. I, I feel like it's not arguable that you're definitely one of the most influential coaches in, in obstacle course racing. So I'm really pumped to dive into some of your methods and philosophies and, and what we can do in this time. But right now I have some like random questions for you that I would love to ask you. W- will you answer them? Let's go, man. Rock and roll. All right, let's do it. So you guys are already camp. You're doing some really cool things with nutrition um, with your wife and with Karina and, and, and really trying to help people on the nutrition side. But what is your favorite cheat meal? Okay, man. I'm glad you asked it that way because the our number one rule is we don't allow – well, I can't prevent my clients from saying it. But on our end, myself, Karina, and Amy, we never allow ourselves to call it a cheat meal. Um, we call it a fun meal, a fun mm. food, um, because we don't want anybody to think – I don't want to turn this into a nutrition class, but we don't want anybody to think that you're cheating when you go have the cheeseburger once in a blue moon or you go have the pizza and a beer or you at a party and you have – you know, it's a birthday party and you have a piece of cake. Um, we don't want anybody's mindset to say, okay, that's cheating, and that's kind of how it gets associated. Uh, what What – how we want to present that is 90% of the time from an athlete perspective, am I fueling to win is what I'm doing. Is it good fuel to translate for good recovery, good pre during and post workout pre during and post race pre during and post eight hour workday, 12 hour workday is and then that 10% time. And again, that's a, that doesn't mean that you have to be right on 90, 10, but 10% of time, if I have, at fun food at the end of a hard work day, or I have, you know, I, I share, go share hamburgers with the kids or something. We don't want that to be looked at as a cheat because young minds will associate that with cheating. And that's like, mm-hmm. I, that's something I should not do. That's kind of how we associate that. And there's no, anybody that tries to be perfect all the time, that whole cheat thing kind of falls into that mentality pretty well, actually. And that's destined for failure. I would debate 100% of the time. So taking the 90-10 philosophy, 90% of the time, am I fueling to win? Is this good fuel for the machine? 10% of the time when I do have something fun, enjoy it. Chalk it up as, yeah, man, that was great. And don't beat yourself up for a second. Enjoy every single second of that time with that cheeseburger or that beer or whatever it is. And then get back to fueling to win when you're done. 
So I totally agree with you. And, and a lot of things that I'm a stickler with, and I've spoken about this on the podcast before, is that it, things kind of fall into this category or, or the language that people use is like good or bad. And I, I feel like that's just as detrimental as something like a cheat meal. Um, and, you know, I use that just for lack of better terms. It's just universally known as what, like some sort of junk food or whatever, like you're indulging in. But like the good and bad thing kind of falls along the same lines. It's if you think the the meal that you ate was bad or that you were bad at your nutrition that carries moral like moral weight to it and and there is no moral weight to the food that you eat it doesn't have any implication for the person that you are based on what you ate like there mm-hmm. there is nothing that's going to be good about the food you ate and there's something bad so i kind i definitely agree with kind of having that connotation around the food I, didn't and the I never answered your question i was going to come back what is your favorite fun food <laughs> i mean i I've, I've, I call it legal cheating to use the word cheat. I, I live and have been married to one of the most well-respected sports performance dietitians on the planet. So I literally call that legal cheating in my sports performance world. But my favorite thing, man, and this is going to be, this is going to sound like it's coming out in left field. like, what, what? But I love whole fat, plain Greek yogurt and epic chips, like jalapeno Kettle chips are like a, if I'm going to really have some fun food, dude, like an awesome chip, jalapeno chips, let's even go Doritos every now and then. Holy crap. Let's go Cool Ranch or, or nacho? I would say nacho cheese, but my favorite are like the kettle fried jalapeno chips. Love mm-hmm. them. But so I kind of, I've even spun that in a way to make that even a little healthier. A lot of people would go to sour cream, but I do the, I do the, the plain yogurt because it's like twenty times the protein. Mm-hmm. You're actually you're actually getting some awesome protein benefit. Where sour cream is virtually no protein. So go with the go with the plain yogurt, my friends. It tastes I would say tastes as good or better than sour cream. A little creamier, um, a little, some probiotics in there. That's yeah, cute. man. There you go. So you dip the jalapeno chips. Oh, in. dude! Like I have a little chip with the yogurt. Like one chip is like completely covered in the yogurt. I'll go through like a pint of of yogurt in one sitting during my 10% of fun food time. <laughs> that is a little bit out of food, but I, I agree with the kettle chips. If I'm going chips, I'm going kettle chips. The crunch on them, the taste is so man. good. Yeah. And the jalapeno, no, I think you're right on with, those, with that chip. <laughs> um, so – if you were to change, if like logistics were no issue, like, and if you could put anything into an obstacle course race, it, it, what would it be? Oh man. Well, I love both far ends of the spectrum. Let's take one book in. Let's go, this goes Spartan 2010, 11, 12. When the race director, if you remember, the, when, when did you start racing, Rich? Not till like 2000, my first race was 13, but then I didn't do another race until like 16. Okay, so back in the 2011 days, the old school days, the race directors really were into, okay, this is the geographical location I've been dealt. How can I go to great lengths to use it, even use the terrain, the bodies of water, the various things to create these natural obstacles? I actually was watching an old video of of us you you there's a spartan but you came up to this pond it was here in texas you had grabbed these two buckets 
and you had to, it, it was about waist deep and you had to walk the entire perimeter of this pond with these buckets. And so they filled up with water completely and you're dragging them through the water. Mm. It was the most rudimentary obstacle, but it whooped our ass. But long story short, the old school, you know, like when I was a kid growing up in a 600 acre ranch, just my obstacle course was the farm, the ranch. So that, you know, I, I understand the creating the symmetry and the standardized obstacles. So on the other end, I actually love the standardization as well. Like, you know, being a, a part of DecaFit, for example, not that that's obstacle, but this extreme standardization of, of to where other than the, not being able to duplicate the geography on every single Spartan course, but to where you also have this, I know exactly what to expect. So I can go train for that. And then you can have people in 40 different countries training for the exact obstacles. I really see the great benefit of that. But a lot of people, you know, that you see people get a little crazy on social media. It's like, well, it needs to be one way or the other. But both of those can live in the same brand. Right. I mean, if Savage can do it. Adrian can do it. OCRWC, Spartan can do it. You can have both ends of the spectrum and a lot of cool stuff in between and be the exact same, that, that same Spartan brand and make all that that work. And I, I think that's an interesting concept and that is something that is divisive online, but I feel like it's just what people like better. It's like, no, it has to be standardized because I like standardization better. It's better for my performance. And on the opposite, it's like, no, it needs to be completely unknown and changing different. So it's people just having their own interest in mind, yeah. but I agree. I think that's a cool way to kind of go about just like, what do you prefer and what do you prefer in your training? Like, do you prefer to train to see how it's going to translate onto the course, like something standardization or... Is it just you want to go out and fun? You want to go out and run through the mountains and do the crazy stuff that you have at, at your ability. So um, I like it. And a question, what is one thing that is like universally liked by everyone that you do not like in anything, not no CR in life? That's universally liked that I, man, what a great question. Holy crap. We may have to come back to this one. Um, University like, but I'm not a um no taxes are not university liked, so I can't go there. <laughs> not, a, not a fan of uh the tax system the way it is as a business owner. Yeah. Um, let's say I don't want to go down that that crazy uh, <laughs> have a great disaster. We, um, we don't know, that. We don't know where that would end up. Know, we, I'm gonna, I'm out. My gears, my ADD squirrel brain will be able to keep that one compartmentalized back there. And I'll, I'll be thinking about it as we are proceeding because I'll come up with a good one there. I promise. All right. And a- as a business owner, I, there's a lot uh, like in a kind of like a trainer and in the fitness space, it, it seems like you're really passionate about the job that you have now or the career that you've taken on. But what was the worst job you've ever had? Oh, man. Um I'm the eternal optimist, so I've truly, like, I, I've never let myself, I, you know, big props to my mom and dad for raising me this way. I've never let myself walk into the door, let my feet hit the floor, and I pull up to work at any job I've ever had where I was like, I'm going to have a great day today. That's always been my mindset. But, man, the toughest jobs, I and mean, I grew up on a, I grew up on hundreds of acres, cattle, cattle ranch, hauling hay, farming the land, I mean, chopping wood, stacking barns full of hay in 105 degree Texas heat with freaking 70% humidity. Um, as far as, and I look, I, I enjoyed it because that's just the way our parents raised us. Um, I truly convinced myself that I enjoyed it, but that's dude, that was hard. Freaking <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, the, 
probably, and I really enjoyed it as well, but working the flight deck in the Navy, you know, a month straight of seeing nothing but water on flight deck and just 16 hour flight ops. And you, you're, you, you slept, you ate, you worked, you, you read books and you worked out in the, in the weight room, you know, but 16 hours a day, you were working mm. 12 to 16 hours a day. You were working seven days a week. The weekends are, there are no weekends. Um, so that was some of the hardest grinding because mentally hard because you had to stay so focused and dialed in if you didn't you freaking be responsible for killing people that was um i'd say the navy was probably the the hardest as far as just being a mental and physical grind but man that was a very rewarding uh i you're not you won't find me ever saying something that i that that i hated because i i've loved everything i've ever done but some of it was really freaking hard (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> and it sounds like that that where that grind in navy where there's no time to think about like the mental rest and yeah you can tell that you are the eternal optimist i actually reframed the question that i asked before i had it written as what's one thing that everyone loves that you hate and i would guess you're like well, i don't really hate anything so <laughs> it's like yeah but i do expect a good answer when it comes back okay. around the next time um Cool, man. Well, awesome job. Got through it. So just for the people listening who might not be familiar with you, just give people a quick rundown of who you are as an athlete, as a coach, and how you're involved in uh, OCR. Well, my giving more kudos and props to, to mom and dad, my, my my dad got me started in sports very young. He was a very accomplished runner. Um, when I was first able to run, he got me. I always – I like telling the story – we, we, we grew up on this on this farm. We had this big pasture on one of our farms where um, when I was a little bitty guy, I would round that. He was a great runner. I mean, in his in his 30s and 40s, my dad was probably knocking out 17-minute 5Ks, you know, just as a novice runner, not really training a bunch. But so we had this big pasture, and I would round off the corners so I could stay with him. And then there was a couple year period, like in high school, or like say seventh grade to freshman year, where we were actually running the exact same course because I was mm. getting faster. And then by the time I was like a junior in, in high school, he was rounding off the corners to stay with me. So and I almost get tears in my eyes every time I say that because I actually have this vision of the trail, the cutting the corners that I did for a few years. Then we ran together and then dad was cutting the corners. Um so we we literally had like this eight year period where we were always running together for the most part, staying. So that was my dad was just um, always great at creating competitions with the, with the neighbor kids out in the farmland, and we were just always competitive. Um, ran uh, played all went to a small school in high school and middle school, so you played all sports, so you didn't have a team. <laughs> just about everything. Um, I was the kid that stomped on the University of North Texas with a track scholarship, mad that it wasn't a football scholarship because I wanted to play football. But uh, right now I'm 5'9", 165, and I was smaller <laughs> than that back then. So it wasn't necessarily a football frame. That's big football, big football there. Like, that's real football. Oh, yeah. I mean, I, I was probably 145 in high school, um, and I still freaking played like I was – like I wanted to go to the freaking NFL, dude. That was like, I, I would bring it. I played like I was two forty five. Uh, so just very, in, you know, much into sports. Um, I, I fell in love with with coaching in the in the military when I was in the Navy. Uh, 
you know, I, I came in in really good shape uh, running in college and they're like, hey, we're going to give you the collateral duty of, of you know, we have you have to take a, P, a, a, a PRT test every six months to test your fitness. And a lot of people couldn't pass. They're like, Yancey, we're going to put you in charge of the fitness program. Mm. Collateral duty. Everybody knows the military. You know, you get a lot of collateral duties, which means you don't get any extra pay for that. It's just something else you're doing. So here I was with not a single certification, didn't know what the hell I was doing as far as being a coach. It was more along the lines of, well, you're fit and you're a good runner. You maximize your running score, your mile and a half. So you're going to help everybody else. So I I was literally in charge of creating little running programs to help people pass their, their PRT huh. test. So I, I realized like, whoa, I like this. You know, so I was kind of forced into it, but I liked it. Um, <clears throat> got out of the military and got my first coaching certification. I was knee deep in the corporate world. I was in the corporate world for 16 years managing in the aviation world, aviation management on the military side and the civilian side, FBOs, basically the red carpet world where the the filthy rich that can afford five to $15 million, million private jets fly into. I managed <laughs> that world for many years, but I started moonlighting at the YMCA, got my very first certification and freaking fell in love. I loved my little $15 an hour personal training job more than I did the corporate world. I just fell in love with that. And that was in the mid nineties when I started doing that. And I I never stopped, just continued. Um, I don't have a drop of formal education in the world of, of like exercise physiology. Like, Oh, there's another certification. Let's go study that one and get that one. Just fell in love with, with educating myself, reading every anatomy physiology book. I did go to nursing school for, for a year. Um, that also kind of fed that my dad was a registered nurse, uh, in the ER for for 40 plus years. So I kind of had that growing up in the, in the ER going up to visit him. And I, so I did, I've always had that love for anatomy and physiology and all things, muscles and joints and movement. So, you know, my, my education there is just reading a ton and learning from a, a ton of great coaches, that I've had over over the years. I thought I was going to be a helicopter mechanic forever. That's what I did in the um, in the Navy, and then I thought I was going to be in the corporate world forever. And I just started diving in headfirst in fitness and started my own. I actually started uh, uh, a, a very successful boot camp and did that for twelve years while I was managing hundred plus people in the corporate world in the mm. aviation industry. Um, Five thirty a.m. boot camps. 5:45 p.m. boot camps. So my 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 corporate world day was literally bookended by boot camps where 60 to 80 people would show up. I did that for 12 years. So I've uh, stayed very busy. And finally, um, my wife became the full time registered dietitian. She met. She's the director of sports performance nutrition, University of Texas Longhorn Athletic Department. Once she became uh, full time there, I was like, wait a second, I can be a little risky now and go full time fitness started coaching full-time, uh, the whole obstacle course world started happening, started coaching a lot of high-level athletes, got myself to a point where, you know, you kind of get to about 20, 25 people, and if you take on any more, you kind of dilute your program. So I was like, I got to mm-hmm. find a way to stop telling people no. So I started YanceyCamp.com about five and a half years ago, and that created a way for people to team with myself and the athletes that I coach and kind of see what we're doing with them and provide a very inexpensive program and just kind of, we created a little family, a little tribe. You know, we have hundreds of people in about 35 countries on the Camp program where we provide, um, I, I like to say we are 51% mental conditioning, 49% physical conditioning. 
and I paint my program in a way to every single client that my number one goal, not debatable, is when you wake up 50, 60, 70 years old, I want you to look back on your time as an elite level athlete, mid-level, or just a novice OCR athlete. Did I enjoy that process? Did I enjoy the training? Did I enjoy the community? Did I enjoy the racing? And if right now you think the answer would be no, then we need to freaking adjust. That's my number one goal with Yancey Camp. And people, even the top elite, start to realize that. Like, that's what it should be about. There's people with gold medals around their neck right now. And if if you didn't enjoy the process of getting to that gold medal, come on, dude. Life is way too short to spend all these years and do it in a way where you're not, you're not enjoying it in the moment. And you're not going to look back and say, man, I'm so happy with how that went. So that's that's where that fifty one percent mental conditioning focus comes in with the Anticamp program, and that's interesting that you've been able to take kind of the ethos around your whole story is that you went through and and touched on a couple of different things, but ultimately your passion came out on top and following the, the fitness realm and so it seems like you did that with your own career. It's like I, if I look back, am I enjoying this process? Like, yes, I could keep going down the mechanic route and in the in the public and se- the private sector, um, but is this, am I mentally conditioned that I'm going to be passionate about what I'm doing full time? So I really like that that's part of the coaching uh, ethos as well, that you want these athletes to think the same. And um, before we jumped on, we were talking about, you know, because right now things have mm-hmm. obviously changed. And now they're, we, we were talking about the separation of athletes potentially, like how this is going to change things. Now that things might be a little bit less um, structured for, for people and, and OCR athletes and, and for some of these younger athletes that you're coaching. So you coach, you still coach a group of high school athletes as well. What, what, how, what capacity is that? Yeah. So for about 12 years, I've been providing uh, sports performance training, sports performance coaching for the Cedar park Timberwolves. Very, very accomplished uh, high school program here. Sports are sports are pretty big in high school. In Texas. <laughs> I've, I've heard. So most, I'd say probably ninety percent athletes over the years I've worked with are the football team. We've had a very very successful ten year run where we've we've literally averaged like thirteen games a year. We 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 average three to four rounds deep uh, in the playoffs every single year, and that's big five A Texas. So it's big, uh, you know, big time football. We've won two state championships, gone to three. They wow. very. I think we're one of the top five most successful programs in Texas in in the past ten in in the, in the last decade. They kind of you know at the end of every decade they release this cool information. So, but we're just we're we're com- we're very competitive in all of our sports. Um, we we put uh, academics and and, and fitness it, it, it very high. It's the culture is very strong there. Like when you go to our banquets, if you're not standing up as being on the academic all state team, it's like whoa, dude, what happened to you? Mm. Just very, very. Um, the culture is very strong there as far as sports and and and, and academics. Um, so yeah, I've been had the wonderful opportunity to do that for the past twelve years. Um, it's not as much as I would have liked lately because I've been so busy. But it's been kind of nice with everything semi shutting down with travel and being able to dive back in and immerse myself back into the high school program. And you've been doing some driveway workouts, right? So these kids yeah. are able to set up. 20 minute slots for you to come in because we obviously can't have big groups right now. Um, mm-hmm. And so tell me a little bit about what we were talking about before we jumped on is, is that you're used to seeing huge groups. Now you're seeing a much tinier slice. And what is it that's kind of separating the kids that are showing up versus the ones who m- you might not see as much? Well, let's, let's, let's paint a bigger picture. 
we'll use the kids as the microcosm. The bigger picture is all of us, mm-hmm. everybody that was used to going to work. And, you know, when we, when we, when we step into the workplace, we have somewhat of a level of accountability. Uh, my wife manages, you know, takes care of a lot of college athletes when they're with their strength coaches, their position coaches, their dietitians, um, their academic coaches. There's a level of accountability. You're there in the you're plugged into the system. Uh, so all athletes, um, all of us in the, in the workforce with 80 percent of us now at home, what you're going to see and there's no stats to show this yet. But I'm I'm making the prediction right here on Rich's podcast. <laughs> you're going to see a, a level of separation between the athletes, between the workforce, between the people, between the mindset, because you're going to have naturally a percentage of people that dive in and take great advantage of this time. And you're going to have people that take great advantage of binging on Netflix. That's just the way there's a reason why every grocery store I go to, you can't find not only is the toilet paper aisle empty, there's no popcorn. There is no popcorn to purchase in any store that I've gone to. And we know why that is, man. Freaking Netflix is booming right now. (laughs) Crushing it. Yeah. (laughs) Booming right now. Um, So you're just going to naturally have, like, like I was talking to the college kids, like yesterday, the gym, my driveway gym was open for nine hours, 20 minute time slot. So that's the most I could accommodate was 27 people. Like I told you, I could, uh, and I've got some of the college kids in town. Actually, they're all in town right now. Uh, You know, kids that I worked with Cedar Park that have gone on. Now they're playing a D1 or D2, D3 ball. I knew that I could almost have created the schedule of who the 27 kids were going to take my time clock. And sure enough, about 90% of that held true because those guys are going to say, I'm taking advantage this time. I'm going to, when, when COVID-19 breaks and they give us some time, we're able to go back. I'm going to be better off than I was before hmm. COVID-19. Some of them are going to be lean and mean. Some of them are going to be 30, 40 pounds overweight. And uh, they're going to be sloppy the moment they hit that football field with, the, with their coaches. And, and, and the mind gets sloppy as well, just like the, the, the body. So it's kind of like I, I was talking to an, a, one of my athletes, one of my lead athletes that, that's dealing with a little bit of injury. And I said, you got you to gotta positively spin that. When a situation is presented to you, if it's COVID-19 or it's an injury, you have to say that I'm going to freaking crush this time. I'm going to maximize this opportunity. Maybe it's an ankle. Okay. Um, my core strength, my upper body grip and pull strength, Mike, I'm actually going to improve my conditioning through cross training. My running may actually improve because I'm going to be able to spend more time on the bike or whatever. I'm going to take advantage of the time. Long story short. So no matter what it is from a mental or physical perspective, you got to look at this time is don't go down this road of like, okay, I'm, I'm going to immerse myself and watch the news for 20 hours a day mm. and get overwhelmed by how negative this is, or I'm going to just binge on Netflix or I'm going to just let my mind and body get soft. No. Take advantage of the time. And when it's over, you got to look back and say, what's my legacy, man? How am I going to remember my COVID-19 time? Whether it's one month or four months, 10 years from now, am I going to say, man, that was, I actually, I really took advantage of that time. How, how did I serve people during that time? Was I, uh, did, did I, did I use technology to, to my advantage so long story short, just just how will you remember your 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 time here, uh, and, and how did you take care of your your body, and which in the long term, you know, taking care of ourselves, we are then able to be a greater servant to others um, by by maintaining our mind and body in in a, in a productive in a productive way. So I kind of went all over the place there, but but uh, you you got to take advantage of the situation. 
And a lot of people will, a lot of people won't. Right on. And and like you mentioned with the the college kids, high school kids, or even someone who's at work, like they have this structured accountability tied into their every day and race, races act that way as well. You know, people are accountable to their training because they have a race coming up so that, so they kind of stick with it. And that's not really, not really viable right now. We don't know when that's going to happen. We don't know when the, the next race that we need to train for is going to be. So these thoughts, they're going to come in. So how would you, like you mentioned looking back and talking about your legacy. So how would you help people reframe this? Because there has to be times where say they do catch some, like some bad news or that there are like, they are immersed themselves in some negativity or in, in, and they, and they choose to watch tiger King on Netflix instead of hitting it, hitting like some grip work when they could, what are some ways that you can help that you would suggest for people to combat that? So one of the things I've been doing is, is programming with my web team, public challenges. Mm -hmm. Everybody's race schedule was torn from them. We love to compete. We love seeing how we perform against other people. So I've been programming a lot of public challenges. We're getting ready to load some of them up on DecaFit um, this week. Uh, Some of the Anscamp challenges on DecaFit. Challenges that I'm trying to make them as as inclusive as possible. Just 100% body weight challenges. Super easy to keep people honest with and uh real basic and then kind of kind of gamifying that like maybe three weeks from now turning it into okay now we've had times to everybody's had a chance to do them now for one week we're gonna go you know we're gonna have a podium have some awards mm. and uh now you got to go live now you got to show us so we can we can actually check your standards and and whatnot so gamifying things um keeping providing situations where people can actually compete you see a lot of the the industry leaders in the fitness world are are, are doing that. Spartan just created some competitions. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think I, I think the now's the time, even more than ever. I always tell people I have the wonderful opportunity to do, to do public speaking and, and and keynotes every now and then and graduation speeches. And I always tell a lot of times it's talking to youth. I always tell the kids is that you got to find a way to be a rookie. Once a day, it is so like your this this podcast is easy for you. You got it down, but when you first started it, you were nervous. It was terrible. <laughs> yeah, you finally said yes. I'm going to launch this freaking podcast. Well, now your veteran status. Now it's like now how do I make my podcast better? I got to I got to do something to be more creative. So mm-hmm. how what's rich rich doing today to be to be a rookie once once to, a time once a day. So that is huge because veteran status is so stinking easy. We get in there and we get really good at stuff and we've got to challenge ourselves. So what I mean by that is um, today's, I mean, it's going to sound cliche again, but man, this time is a great time to crack open that book. I'm diving into uh, Evan Esch's uh, book again. I'm I'm diving into Supple Leopard again. I don't want to read Supple Leopard again, but I'm diving back into Supple Leopard. Um, So, you know, and that's, that's like, okay, I don't, it's a little, makes me a little uncomfortable. I was like, I'm going to sit outside and read Supple Leopard for an hour, but I'm doing it. Um, I want to, you know, from the fun standpoint, I want to try to figure out a way to take guitar lessons during this, some online guitar lessons. Um, Just things that, that are expanding the mind and and the body. You got to, you got to challenge yourself. You got to get up. It's helping me a lot. I, I do, I do Joe's, um, Crazy early four thirty uh, Zoom call. You you should jump on the Zoom call with us uh, one day, 
Rich. So Joe has industry leaders come on. We, we talk for, for 30 minutes, um, very educational. And then Joe, Joe does an hour, a 30 minute long fitness session. So I'm up and he's, he's East coast time. So I'm up, it's four 30 and five o'clock for me, man, I'm finding myself, um, by 9am I've got, a, I've got almost a full days of work done. Mm. And then I can enjoy some time with my, with my kids. So get outside your comfort zone. That sounds very cliche as well, but that's what you truly need to do. And, and be a rookie once a day. Everybody listen to this. Be a rookie once. What it, don't put when you put your head on the pillow tonight, ask yourself, what did I do today? That was uncomfortable. That was like totally rookie status for me. I did I did not know what the hell I was doing there, but I navigated those waters and I got through it. And like you said, it's cliche, but it's cliche, but it's for a reason. And, and if, if people were to just branch out of the comfort zone more often, they would see the value. It wouldn't have to be constantly repeated. And I love that you brought up the the um, fact that you can do things that are not just physical, like not just running intervals if you don't like intervals. It's like, yeah, learn how to do guitar, learn a different skill. And and all these things are intertwined, right? You, you, you could see an improvement in your stress levels, in your performance itself. And if you really just do kind of make sure you're breaking out of that, that comfort zone. And, and I really like what you, what you're doing with the, the challenges, especially when you're doing it and then giving people like kind of an, something to do and then giving them a way to compete for it. It ends yeah. up being much more like training and racing. So uh, what are some of the ones you got going on right now? You, you, you had one with DecaFit, right? And I saw another one with, and, and this is really how I came to know of you at first. I mean, you're very engaging with the community virtually. I think you do that really well, probably better than anybody. Um, and these challenges are, are, are definitely ways to, to pull people in and then really kind of get to know them. Um, so what are some of the things that you got going right now? So on, on Yancey Camp uh, right now, if you go to challenges, miscellaneous drop down, we have a f- 54 270, one of my all time favorites. All you need is a hundred yard long field. The, the American size football field, soccer field that we, we use are, are perfect or, or a park that you can measure off, but it's, um, it is 54 100-yard runs. So you, you you basically do five burpees. You run 100 yards. You do five burpees on that end of the field. You run back, do five burpees. You keep that going for 54 rounds, down and back 27 times. It ends up being a little over 5K of running and 270 burpees. Um, <laughs> it is just, it's such a simple – I mean, it is one of the most mentally tough grinds you've ever done. I always challenge people. You need, when you, when you do this, when you need to have 27 rep counter markers or you, or you're going to get off track. So every time right. you come back to move one of your markers over to a new stack. And I'm telling you that slow countdown of moving one at a time. It's like, this is never going to end, but the best of the best doing and doing it in about 32 to 35 minutes. The, you know, who are some of the, um, Derek York did it, uh, uh, Nick Riker, uh, Jack Bauer, Glenn race just, just did it, ran a good time. That that's, that's one we're doing. Um, I have a really cool one. Um, it's called the Yancey camp 4,000. It's only running. And I created a really neat scoring system to gamify it, to create these different categories. So far, Derek York is the only one that's been able to get in the four plus category. So if you go read that one, you'll, it'll, it'll make sense as, as a strong athlete yourself. Really high level OCR athletes will be in the four plus category or the five plus low. Really high level females will be five plus high or six plus low. It'll make sense when you read it. Um, we have the the DECA 270, 
And that is, it takes three of our, our deca zone movements without weight and you, you roll through them on a, on a descending ladder. You do each of them for 20 reps, then 18, 16, 14, 12, and 10. So when you're done, you've completed 270 reps. I really like that one. It's been popular because everybody walking the planet can do that one. Mm-hmm. I mean, it might take somebody three times as long, like the best of the best are coming through that one in about eight to 10 minutes. Um, we have the, the 15% times 15 minute. I have that gamified right now, but that's not a very popular one right now because most people can't get to their treadmills. Yeah. My treadmill got taken out. Cause I was going to, I was going to hit that. Um, I'm not sad that I'm going to not do it, but yeah, yeah. I, I, my treadmill well, that got, one, that is a, that is a mental beat down as well as much physical. You want that test to be over so bad, but the, the first three I gave you are all very simple body weight, uh, test challenges, Though we're going to put those up on at least two of those up on the Deca.fit uh, website to get our, our our new brick and mortar. You know, we've really been able to grow. Um, you know, when, when when Joe's like, "Yeah, Yancey, let's," he kind of said, "Hey, let's do this thing." You know, um, <clears throat> and kind of gave me the ability to to create the, the Deca zones and in the, the concept with the help of a lot of great people. Um, the one thing we talked about is, you know, the mud and the barbed wire you know, we've been able to pull 7 million people off the couch in the mud and the barbed wire, but that's best case scenario. If, if we, if we go with this as hard as we can for 10 years, we're probably only going to get about 5% of the world to ever do a Spartan race. What can we do that caters to the other 95%? You know, a lot of Spartans don't really understand and grasp the brick and mortar fitness world. Mm-hmm. It's insane. I mean, just Denver alone, when you get, you know, I've been in that world for a while as a fitness coach, personal trainer, group fitness coach, the, I mean, you look at a lifetime, one lifetime in Denver, Colorado. It's eighteen thousand members. One lifetime. Oh, lifetime for yeah, yeah. It's insane. You know, you, they have you, that you many have Jeez, millions damn. of people that go to brick and mortars in yeah. all these cities. So, with our races being in the in in the in the downtown, you know, where, where it's a fifteen minute Uber ride from four million people, where we have these races, you know, we're catering to that other, the other 95% of the, of the fitness world that really would, we would probably never get out to the, the mud and the barbed wire. I totally got us off track there, dude. <laughs> That's not, that is a perfect segue. I didn't even tell you I want to talk about this, but yeah, like the DecaFit is something that is really interesting and much more accessible. Cause I thought the same way. And I think a lot of times people who are into OCR and Spartan races, they can really start to preach down people's yeah. throats about why it's awesome. Why you should come out and, and jump over fire and roll in the mud. And there's people who just don't want to like it's not that they couldn't or that, that that they don't find value it's like they would just rather run on the roads that's that's like it like flat out um yeah. and i feel, feel the same um very similar when i'm talking to people in things like crossfit gyms i don't hesitate to bring up something like a deca fit because it is right up that alley of this yeah. brick and mortar business and it's almost a little bit I, it seems to me that the deca fit might be a little bit easier to train for in this time now because like it, it's not as like you can do a lot of this stuff on your own um, and, and really kind of improve your fitness for that specific event. So what are some ways that people you think could prepare best for DecaFit right now without having necessarily a gym? And um, just, just a real quick rundown DecaFit's like a, essentially like a 5k run with 10 fitness zones in between each 500 meter run, just like real fast. Yep. Uh, yeah. So it's, um, so we have them on like our first one will will actually still be at Denver. Uh, we're, we're oh well, Denver. it'll be at the Denver Bronco Indoor Training Facility. So you have that the Deca Gym is the inside of the football field. 
Uh, there's 10 deck of zones in there. Uh, if you, if you run around the perimeter of a football field, that's approximately 333 meters. So a lap and a half gives you pretty much exactly 500 meters. So each deck of zone is preceded by a 500 meter run. So when you've done, you've gone 5k and you've completed 10 functional fitness zones. When I was kind of coming up with what should we do in there, it was all based on rudimentary movement standards, things that 2000 years ago we were doing for just very basic stuff to where, I love CrossFit, for example, but a lot of CrossFit, you need, you and I need to practice things for at least a year right. before we come close to even being able to do it well. I wanted each zone to be, if you and I pulled a thousand people off the street that have never been in a fitness program, within 30 seconds of looking, oh, I'm, this is what I'm supposed to do. I can do that. There's literally no teaching has to be done. That's kind of, for lack of better terms, that is kind of rudimentary, um, but very functional. When you complete those 10 zones, you've got arguably one of the greatest well-rounded functional fitness workouts you could ever put together and accomplish, you've done that. And then we went with the 5K because it's just the most common running distance that the mind, everybody knows they've heard of that distance for the mm. most part. But um, yeah, we really wanted it to be available to the masses. We wanted to be able to introduce fitness to the masses and give those people that go to a brick and mortar a chance to come test. Are they moving the fitness needle and, you know, once a year when DecaFit comes to my community, I, I get to, you know, when the first time I do it, I've got this temporary tattoo that says, oh, it took me 47 minutes and 18 seconds. Well, I go back to the gym and I, I, I keep training, doing all these basic work with my, my tribe at the gym. And I wash that tattoo off and I go and I, I, I test and now I'm 21% better the next hmm. time I test. So you've moved the needle and that basic, um, well-rounded fitness test shows you that you've moved that, that fitness needle. So, um, we're really excited about it. The timing was, was brutal, man. We were (laughs) several weeks away from having our very first race and we had created a ton of excitement. We had about 1200 people in Denver, which is insane for your first one. Um, this was going to be last week, right? Yeah. A week from from today. The greatest, enjoyment that I had was diving in and engaging with so many with my, with my good friend, Jared Cogswell. Um, one of our high level guys in, in, in the deck of fit, he, he works full time with Spartan. Now, um, we met, uh, we, we trained the U S army, uh, boss strong teams in 2018 together at Fort Bragg. Um, but just being able to dive in and engage with the, the owners and the, and the members and the trainers and the coaches and all these brick and mortars. I mean, literally, 50 brick and mortar facilities in, in Denver and the excitement of, of Spartan as a whole, you know, it's a lot, they, they've, they've cracked that door open for us and allowed us in. And we do know that a percentage, we're not going to get all of them out to the mud and the barber, but a percentage of those, the seed will be planted because right now when you walk in to most brick and mortars and you mention Spartan or Tough Mudder, there's still a crazy high percentage that have either never done it I've never even, I've never even really heard of that. So kind of, um, graciously walking in and, and, and educating them on all things Spartan and now, now DecaFit and they're letting us in and we're creating this beautiful mesh. And, and Joe means it when he says, we are teaming with you. This is not about competition. We want to be a part of your tribe. We feel you guys are doing great. The gym Mm. owners, trainers and the coaches are doing in most cases, not all cases, but in most cases, they're doing great work 
to help improve the fitness culture. And we want to mesh with you. And that message was, that message resonated um, very, very well that we're not competition. We want to help you. And there's not a gym owner out there or a personal trainer or a group fitness coach that does not want help yeah. <laughs> getting people uh, educated around what's going on in their brick and mortar facility. That's interesting. And that's something I hadn't really thought about with this because like we mentioned, like the Spartan community itself, it is its own community and it will travel, right? It'll go to races and like the, you'll see the same people and, and you know, there will be local events where people will go out to, but correct me if I'm misunderstanding, but it seems like you guys are trying to inf- like not, you're trying to, you can say infiltrate, infiltrate <laughs> their, their community that is already existing and have an event that comes around, not for them, not for them every year, as opposed to, Hey, do Spartan races now, like all the time as a, and now it's like, here's a way to test your general fitness. Here's another event for you to, yeah. to train for much like, like a local 5k, like a Turkey trot. Right. You, you totally get it now, man. Yeah. 90% of our message and our mission is not about that race inside the Denver Broncos training facility. It is about helping and aligning with those brick and mortar facilities inside their, their facility. The moment, what we saw, we have, we have about 150 licensed gym, licensed gym now. What we saw and what we were providing for them was like, okay, it's deck of Friday. I'll just give you a hypothetical. It's deck of Friday. We've set up the 10 zones. We're not going to do a 500 meter run, but we're going to do all, all 10 zones. We're training for those 10 zones. We're going to create some auxiliary movements to help with those 10 zones. Mm. And now because, Hey, this whole Spartan brand over here created this test, this true decathlon for all levels of fitness. We've known about the decathlon forever. That happens every four years in the Olympics or the world championships every two years. This is the decathlon for all of us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the standardized four movements that are very basic that once they're fully aligned and, and, and kicked out there, they will never change. The test will never change. We get to train for that. And, you know, once or twice a week, we actually create workouts that are specifically designed for improving your DECA mark. And gyms, I mean, you, you got to, there's so many, if you, if you know the fitness world well, you know, I have the wonderful opportunity to go to the idea worlds and the Ursas and whatnot. And there's so many companies out there that, that, are, that are good at providing programs that help gyms be successful. If it's less mills or if it's whatever, you know, they provide, they, they help gamify the gym experience and then they, they mesh with that gym. And now that gym is better off. Now that lifetime and centennial lifetime in Denver, though they're 18,000 members know that I'm going to go in on Friday because in, in Tuesday, because they have DECA, DECA Tuesday, DECA Friday, and I, I'm going to do that class or, or this whole section of the gym is set up to improve our DECA mark. And, and the, uh, so certain, you know, the, the, the equipment manufacturers love it. We went with uh, 10 things that we felt uh, could stand the test of time and um, that, that, that would feel right in any brick and mortar gym. Um, basic, uh, a, lot, a lot of them are, are, are normal pieces of equipment that, that we're used to seeing in a lot of gyms now already, rowing machines, air bikes, ski ergs, um, and, and, and such, <clears throat> medicine balls. Like this is really interesting now that it is, it is kind of kind of clicking for me. I can't lie because you mentioned like having the deck of days and, and people clearly like variety, you know, like mm-hmm. with things like class pass and just different 
gyms that you can go to to get a specific thing. Like you want a high intensity workout, you go to this gym. If you want a spin workout, you go to this gym. So it would work really well in something like a lifetime where you have decades and and people will go to it where if you are training for specifically Spartan, you kind of have to train for Spartan all the time. Um, And I I can speak to the CrossFit gym that I used to coach at that even CrossFit competitions, they're not, they're, they're not, inviting they're not accessible to most people and the most popular one within our gym was this uh, event they called it festivus like festivus for the rest of us and mm-hmm. it was just a be- a beginner only comp had like scaled and like extra scaled so it was only beginners it was the most popular one it was such an awesome environment because it was so inclusive and that kind of sounds like where what deca would be for a lot of these people like an event that would come around it, that they would be really excited for yeah the the key thing is we truly, to, to talk briefly about our mission, some of our more mission points, we truly wanted to create a standard to where the entire world could ev- would eventually be able to say, hey, that's my, you know, when you talk about mm-hmm. like, what's your bench, bro? What's your mile time? What's, what's your friend time? Right. What's your marathon? What's your deca mark? That's yeah. really, truly what we want to where it's like, oh, you're, and then be, you'd be able to gamify that with, you know, anybody that runs a sub- 30, I can tell you right now, anybody runs a sub 32 is going to be their cyborg, their freaking mm. cyborg. And then you kind of have, okay, 32 to 35. So sub sub 32 is platinum, 32 to 34 is gold. Then you have silver, bronze, triple A, double A, A, just like Jack and I do with the, the ranking system. Mm-hmm. You're able to gamify it. And then you, now all of a sudden you, you have the, you, the military and other groups leaning on, you have, you have uh, Apple or Google or Dell, you know, it's like, uh, departments actually getting competitive, like, hey, the marketing department has the best uh, DECA average score. Um, and, you know, trying to, you train to, to, to game, to level up with that next. Uh, and people love that, man. You got to get creative. I said in our Zoom call, our, our death race Zoom call the other day, that as coaches and, 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 and people in the fitness world, dude, 90% of people are freaking unfit. This is an unfit world. We got to get creative as coaches and put the onus on us. We don't blame the 90% that are overweight and on the verge of being obese and they eat like crap. You never, ever sit around. Some people, you sit on social media all the time. You sit around, they bash the the system. They bash the people. No, dude, we got to bash. I gotta, I need to bash me. It's on me to do better. It's on, you know, Spartan and Joe sees it. It's like, don't blame anybody else. What are we going to do to make it better? And if we can, if we can create this system and, and you, you can't, if you, if you just make it about the races that come to your town once a year, that ain't going to work. Mm-hmm. We got to make it to where people are like, I'm dying to go in and work hard. So when I do test, I'm going to, I'm, I'm, I'm going to improve my team score. Like if you gamify this enough where companies are, getting, are pitting departments against each other and the fire department's competing against the, the police department and whatnot. All of a sudden, now everybody in the world is training for the decathlon. It's just a little different than that decathlon we're going to watch. Well, now it's going to be summer of 2021. Right. You know, the Ashton and Trey Hardys, you all can be an Ashton and Trey Hardy now in the, in the decathlon for all levels of fitness. So, and, and that's a, I don't want to segue, but that's really and truly one of the messes that I've been hitting hard is and, and, and I'm not saying that I'm a great leader, but great leaders, great CEOs, great coaches, you never, ever, ever see them blaming somebody else. 
It's me. What am I going to do to help the system? I, it doesn't matter that something's jacked up or screwed up out there. Don't spend your time hammering on that. You freaking, you get your gears turned into how, what am I going to do to make it better? And having that like extreme ownership mentality is definitely a way that anybody can, even if you don't know and you're still working your way into fitness, you can still have that mentality to what can you do to facilitate that, that type of change. And yeah, you're right. You can't blame other people because they just don't know. And so it is our, our responsibility as coaches and fitness professionals to spread that message. And I feel like Spartan's been trying to do that within the, the their reach, but this is definitely a way mm-hmm. to make it bigger right and that's kind of the idea yeah and, you know you know i have the I, I i would call it a wonderful blessing to know joe de really well dude he rich he really freaking passionately believes and and is crazy passionate about impacting 100 million lives i mean yeah. I, that's the number in his head you hear it's not just hey the director of marketing said let's reach out and latch on to something no that is truly joe's freaking I mean, he lives it and he breathes it to a point that some people was like, this guy's semi-crazy. Well, he's getting as creative as he can to truly change and impact lives through fitness. He, I mean, if there's one person to say, if you would have asked me the question, who's the one person that truly motivates you? Yeah, you seem like the most motivated guy on the planet. It's like, yeah, but that's one guy that, that, turns up my level of motivation every day to like, I got to be better today. I got to be a better version of myself today. Cause I'm, I'm trailing that guy. And that's a, that's valuable for people who look at the decisions that Spartan might make. And, and if you view it through that lens, it's like, Hey, how is this going to impact the most people to be healthier, better people? It really does help understand like why they're doing things or why you yeah. guys are making, making the moves where I think people do get real caught up in their little tiny world and the vision of, of, of someone like Joe is just so much bigger than that. Mm-hmm. That if you remember that, and if you had that there, it's like, Oh, how is this going to help everyone? And not just me, like it makes it makes things make a, a lot more sense. And that's something I, I definitely try to do from, from time to time. It's, it's great to hear, like give give us clarity on, on that, that message. Um, and so you, the noise. I've got a message coming in and I can't freaking, it won't let me delete it. It's okay. <laughs> You're fine. Um, so with the with the race specifically, I know you guys had some test runs, right? Are, are you or at least the crew that was in and around um, Denver? I'm sure you've tested out yourself. Like, what's the hardest part? What is going to suck the most about this race for those who are going to like push it? Yeah. So, yeah, you still there, buddy? I'm here. Okay. So we had we had the Deca Lab set up almost identical course in the old abandoned Kmart, <laughs> and I, I knew from a coaching perspective that with the with the movement so everybody was kind of like well it's 20 to 30 reps it's it's pretty basic well i know you're you're a very accomplished ocr athlete and you know like when, when you and i go race a stadium let's take a stadium and we freaking zone five redline that sucker as hard as we can for the 28 32 minutes that it takes it is harder in many ways than any beast we could ever freaking run because you have to develop you have to you have to, you, we can't go out there for three hours and go crazy high level zone four, zone five the whole time. Mm-mm. You have to go in a little bit of a, it's like racing. What's harder racing a 1500 meter or, or a marathon. Well, I was a middle distance runner in college. I, trust me, man, there's nothing more painful than an 800 meter or a 1500 meter run. It's, it is the most miserable pain you can ever feel. Agreed. So it's different. 
So when, when Ryan Kent and the Jack Bowers and, and Cole Swartz's and Dylan Miraglia's and a bunch of high levels came in and, and raced at Robert Killian, it, and you give it an honest effort, just like the type of effort that would compare to like a TMX or a stadium, dude, it's going to turn you. And, and this, I used to race, race cycling. And I'm, I'm, if you read the old Lance Armstrong book, they called it turning yourself inside out. So to paint the picture, when you truly get into a pain cave deeper and darker than you could ever imagine, it's like somebody slit your ankles and they grab your skin and they turned you inside out. They peeled you. You, you feel like you have, you're dead. You just died on the course and you're laying. I know that sounds gruesome, but that's turning yourself inside out. That's the old cycling analogy. Um, that's how you feel. I mean, I, this three or four times that I ran the full course and you hit it hard the fact that the rep count is actually somewhat low and, and you know, the, it's only 500 meters of rowing, 25 cows, 500 meters of skier. Everything is, you know, the, you're in the zone for any, each zone is 45 seconds to two and a half minutes. So the mind is encouraged to really freaking hit it hard. And the running distance is really short. Mm-hmm. So the mind is conditioned to say, Hey, this is, I can go, I can go high tempo. This worst case scenario, I'm going to high tempo it. You know, I'm, are, are, I'm probably going to be above lactate threshold the whole time for freaking 20, you know, for 30 minutes. Um, that's so you're encouraged like like high rocks, for example. You know, it's it's an hour and a half, it's an hour for the best of the best to two and a half, three hours for some of them. So you have to kind of get into that that beast mentality of you got to manage it. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just it's breakneck. Decafit is just go crazy breakneck pace. So, so for those high level athletes to answer your question, that's what's the hardest is the fact that you're, you know, if you don't go out and turn yourself inside out, you're going to get your, you're going to get your ass soul crushed. You're going to get beat by three or four minutes. There's nothing stopping you. Like even in something in a high rocks, like the distance in the time it's long. So you do have to, I haven't done one, but I would imagine that you do have to kind of manage your energy. But then yeah. there's also, you know, super heavy sled push and pull, um, like walking lunches, like there's things that are yeah. going to just make you go slower. Oh, I, love, I love their, I love their concept, but as a CrossFit coach, you'll understand what I'm about to say here. There's like in certain CrossFit wads or certain game, like a, a certain competition at the games, the crossers actually have a word for it. It's like, is there, it's like the snatch, for example, at a certain point, a percentage of athletes are going to be knocked out. They simply mm-hmm. can't do it. Well, you know, the, so the sled push, the sled pull, for example, some of the athletes are out there for five or 10 minutes, 10 plus minutes. So, and a lot of pre- people actually can't do it. I do, and like a hundred wall balls. A lot of people just simply can't do that. I love it. We're just a little different. We literally want 99.9% of people that would ever walk on up the street to have nothing in there that they, they can't do in a, in a relatively short period of time. So it's just a little different. Uh, philosophy with with how we, we, we designed um, the the races, but yeah, it's it's uh, it's there's nothing in there that when you look at it for ninety nine percent of people that that decazone by itself doesn't scare you. You know what I mean? Yeah, but when when you think of it in terms of it's not going to slow you down to me because like speaking middle distance, like that would be running a you know five k versus a half marathon or something. It's like the 5k is going to be much more yeah. painful. It's more scary. And then you know where you're going to have to go. And when oh, I'm looking 10, at Decafit, 500, 10, 500 meter repeats, I'm an old track guy. 
10 500 repeats are that's one of those workouts that you get up at eight in the morning and you're you're nail body nervous <laughs> yeah. all day you got butterflies all day but just and it's only a workout right <laughs> you're nervous for all freaking day you know what i mean and that's the kind and i i feel like that's kind of the conditioning that you're gonna need right like is that kind of how you would encourage people to train for this to put themselves in this zone where yeah. it's like that sub 5k like lactate threshold type of tolerance workouts or how would you feel people are best prepared since it's not yeah, a very high skilled i'm trying to talk nick simmons into coming out of retirement and doing it you, i don't know mm. if you know nick oh yeah yeah nick's the kind of guy you know when i was running a 417 mile back in the day i was decently fast man i would have loved to have attacked decafit when i was in that kind of shape because i was always a little bigger runner um you take somebody like that elite level steeplechaser 15k guy that also loves the gym you know, yeah. there's always those guys, and you see it more now than uh, than than we used to. Athletes are getting smarter. They're they're actually doing a lot of functional fitness. The runner looks different. Training. Yeah, the runner looks different now. Yeah, they, it's so true. Like the Nell Rojas is. I, I I swear, all running level, you know, all middle middle endurance and and high level uh, long distance. I the, the male and female athletes are all ten pounds heavier than they used to be, and I love that they're more functional looking. So long story short, that athlete that's that strong middle and middle and uh, middle endurance athlete, I would say 800 meters up to even 10 K mm-hmm. and everything in between that loves the gym, loves functional fitness. Dude, they're going to be able to tear the crap out of deck of fit. They're going to tear it up. But if you're, I've already had plenty of very strong runners come in thinking they were going to tear it up. They're just good runners. It's going to tear them to pieces. There's a movement element that most runners who aren't in the gym just lack. Where so when it comes to things like box jump overs or even back lunges, like just the way that they kind of move, it's that's what's going to be the limiter for them to go hard because they're not going to be able to get into these positions and move through these positions efficiently yeah. enough, and then to be able to help capitalize on that running. Where, like you said, if someone likes the gym and knows how to pick something up and go right into back lunges or pick up a a, um, a D ball efficiently and, and move it over a, a wall, yep. I think that's where the runners are going to have a tough time. Well, when you, and you know, as, as a runner, um, if you and I go out right now and we're right, you know, we're running, let's say we're running a, a 3000 meter run or 5k more, more commonly known. We're going to, we're going to ride that lactate threshold and be right there, but we're, 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 we're kind of actually relatively comfortable, but we're riding it in that moment. A pure runner doesn't even want to step over a pecan in the road. Mm-hmm. You don't even want to. You don't want to jump this high off the road to get over a branch because you know it's going to take you above lactate threshold, and you're going to feel like shit for the next thirty seconds, right? Yeah, it's, you're, you're right, right there. There's nothing else you can do. Yeah, you don't even want to step up on a. You don't want to jump up on a rock because it's going to. It's going to. So people that aren't used to take riding that roller coaster ride, I saw some runners. I saw a guy that was about a sixteen fifty five k. He ran, he was six minutes slower than the Coles, the Jacks, the Ryan Kents, and the Robert Killians that came in and ran DECA. And and this guy was probably, he was basically as fast as all of them in the 5K, and he was seven minutes slower. It's like point proven, dude. You, If that's all you're doing, you're very good at it. So it kind of goes down to that you're going to have to take that runner that, that that's been, that's used to, riding that fun uh, roller coaster ride that that like CrossFit and, and obstacle course racing puts us on. Uh, like Lauren Weeks, a, a friend that I've had the one-off opportunity to coach, she's done really well. She's won some high rocks. She got fourth at TMX. She's done really good at uh, – she's, she's, she's a CrossFitter that loves to run, but she's also really good at CrossFit. Mm-hmm. She, she's been crushing this world, you know, the TMX, the 
stadium, you know, the deck of fit when, when, when it comes around and like the, uh, the high rocks world. So it's just um, that type of athlete. When you talk, when you really look at like when I, when people, when people say who are the greatest athletes, I would literally say like, I, I love that. I love this debate. Like I, I'll go to my deathbed saying Ron Atkins and Hunter McIntyre are two of the greatest athletes to ever walk the planet. Well, 90% of the world don't even know who they are. Right. But you and I know exercise enough to know that, yeah, those two guys are ridiculously well-rounded and they are two of the greatest to ever walk the the planet. And even some of the CrossFitters, some of the top CrossFitters, some of the top OCR athletes, you, you put them in that category because they are ridiculously well-rounded. Yeah. The ones that could just do everything. It's, and I, I think I admire CrossFitters a lot just because of their strength and, and the things that like Hunter Hunter is doing. I mean, they don't have necessarily the speed element that what a runner might, but like how strong some of these guys are and still being able to move and do everything and then swim and then, and then all these high skill gymnastic movements. I agree. And like the, like these, this type of event will definitely help push people into that. And do, do you feel like the, do you feel like an OCR athlete who might have been preparing for supers and beasts or, or, um, and but can still do a lot of the gym stuff. Do you think they're going to have to run faster? Do you think their training is going to have to shift into some track stuff, or do you think I've they'll be all right? Been really fun watching. You know, for for over a month we had the gym open. And we had some official timing. Athlinks and Chrono Track came in. Did some timing. <laughs> oh, nice. Um, it was really unique. I'll give you a great example to try and help answer that question. So Charlie Pappas is a he runs a, he he trains at Manic Training in Denver. He is a national champion. Uh, trained to hunt athlete. I don't know if you follow trained to hunt. It's amazing. Um, they, they take them out in the woods and you like, you, it's like, okay, you pretend that you killed an elk six miles away and you're in the middle of the woods and there's sandbags that, that mimic this meat. And you got to, <sighs> with all your packing gear, you got to get all this, traverse this crazy train and get the meat out. What's well, actual. And that, that's just a very rudimentary, I guess, explanation of, kindergarten explanation of it, but it's an amazing event. Anyway, Charlie Pappas is a cyborg, not a great runner. I would say Charlie Pappas is probably a 20 minute 5k guy. Okay. It's average for an elite level athlete. Um, probably the average of a CrossFitter, 19, 20 minutes, yeah. male CrossFitter. Um, but you had these guys in there like Jack and Cole and, and, and whatnot, Dylan and, and Ryan, we were freaking shocked at how close he was. Hmm. He actually ran about the same pay. He ran the same as Jack and he ran the same. He, he leveled out with Jack Bowers uh, time. Jack beat Cole and Cole beat Dylan. Ryan beat Jack. This guy, his, he was buying 20 seconds in every single zone. I mean, he was buying 20 seconds. His running, you see, he was like kind of just out there in that 20, 20 minute 5k pace. And he, he matched their time. He was 70% run, 30% zone, where Jack and Cole and Ryan and Dylan and the Killians were like 55-45. Mm. But their times were basically the same. So that was – I, as as the, the program manager of DecaFit, I really liked seeing that because you show, you know, somebody like a Jacob Hepner jumps into DecaFit, he's going to buy 20 seconds every zone. He's going to buy 15, 20 seconds every single zone because – and he just has to manage that run. And, and some a couple of other CrossFitters came in and posted some really good marks. And I I was um and, and I, I liked it because in the same breath, there's nothing in there that's crazy heavy. And that right. was by design. But that that mid-level weight and, and, and low-level rep count that wasn't like you know, every, everything's 20 to 30 reps, 
500 meters or 25 cows. That that is the entire course, 100 meters of push pull. So, uh, but it was it's enough that those CrossFitters and, and those those strong big strong athletes were totally neutralizing the the pure runners for the most part. Can't can't set a time that was about two minutes ahead of everybody else, which is pretty impressive. But but we know. Uh, and in that type of world, the stadium world, the high rocks world and whatnot, other than Hunter McIntyre, so far there's been nobody that's been able to really hang with him. He, right. He blends he, those better than anybody. Yeah. He, he won every single stadium last year. Um, so, you know, he's he's right there in that very, he's in that very high level of, of athlete that's going to do well in those type of races. But from a programming perspective, you got that has to be encouraging to see those things because you, you wouldn't want one person, one type of person to come in. Yep. And just blow everybody away. Like, okay, this person runs a 1435K, no, nothing anybody else can do. You know, that mm-hmm. doesn't seem the case. So it's definitely encouraging from from both aspects to, to come through. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm really excited. I'm way in on DecFit. I'm definitely going to hit, hit them when they when they come back around whenever whenever we're ready. Um, so cool, man. I don't want to take up your whole day, but uh, tell us a little bit about what some of your goals are this year. What are you, what are you thinking as far as Yancey Camp? If you're, what's going on in your own training? Are you training for much? Um, I, man, I, Decafit consumed me. I'll be perfectly honest. It consumed me for a while. I dove in. I, I'm a guy that has 17 irons in the fire. I, I, it was funny. I was talking with Krennikoff this morning and I said, I, I, I swear, I, I, I truly believe it's possible to live a life, uh, a little off track here to where you never burn a bridge. And what we were talking about was the ability to network with a large number of of companies and have so much going on and just have this big, beautiful network and, and, and really work towards meshing it all together. That's one of my biggest, um, I'm not good at much, but one thing that I, I pride myself at being decent at is, is bringing people and organizations together mm. and finding ways to mesh versus, um, I'm the first to say that, um, 99.999% of everything that I'm good at and everything that I say is because somebody served me. Somebody's taking the time to help me and teach me. I'm no expert in anything. Um, but I love, I love collaborating and I love networking with, with people and helping provide ideas in in a productive, positive way to bring things together. I it's so fun. To, to help when, when you see somebody's light bulb moment come on, it's like, wait a second, we can, we're not, we don't have to be competitors. And you, you see big companies merging their themselves sometimes and you see great things happening um, with that. It's like uh, Joe's philosophy on Tough Mudder. It's been so amazing. What, you know, he's so passionate about making Tough Mudder um, and he's helping that, that Tough Mudder community. But so my my goal is don't get me wrong I I uh I will always have races on the calendar I will have something I was talking to Mark Jones yesterday he he's he manages the Yancey Camp um, Mark Jones always ready program if you guys want to do a really cool training program Mark Jones one of the greatest ultra endurance athletes to ever walk the planet the guy's a selection finisher that's all you need to know arguably one of the toughest competitions in the world um, and done so much under that but. Working hard with with Mark to help build his always ready program through Yancey Camp. Um, we launched Yancey Camp Nutrition. Corinna Coffin and my wife uh, manage Yancey Camp Nutrition. We have so we just launched an amazing partnership with Fresh Meal Plan. Oh my gosh, love Fresh Meal Plan. Uh, uh, 
doorstep delivery, a meal, meal service. And there's over 10,000 people that are current Fresh Meal Plan members and they get Yancey Camp for free. Fresh Meal Plan is oh, actually nice. paying for their $29 membership plus 10% off that. So we're doing some great collaboration. <laughs> and that's like, shout out to Spartan. That's actually Spartan's uh, official uh, at-home delivery, uh, fresh meal delivery service. So, ch- so check out Fresh Meal Plan. Um, but I, I, I briefly mentioned my conversation with Mark Jones. At least once a year, I have to do a competition that that just turns me inside out. Just gets me so like last year it was baton death march. I purposely did not train for it, and, and it's a mile. It's, it's it's a marathon in the desert with a thirty five pound ruck, dry ruck, through the mountains in the desert of, of New Mexico, white sands, and you know, so I always do something. I don't know what it's going to be this year, but if the year starts coming to a close and I don't have something on my schedule, I will find something to crush, soul crush myself. <laughs> and it, it's just good for my mind. Just humble yourself once and, a year. Just body. Yeah, we, um, we're getting ready to launch a really cool new running trail running program at Taylor Turney on Yancey Camp. Uh, getting ready to add some, some new premier um, athletes. Um, you know, again, that, that, that program that the premier OCR program allows people all over the world to, to team and train with, with these high level athletes that, that I get a chance to work with. Um, so we have a ton going on with, with, with the ANSI camp, uh, a lot of fun collaboratives with my, the team I work with at human, uh, the makers of beat elite, uh, a lot of fun stuff with power systems, need crazy busy with Spartan. We've got probably 15 great projects going on. I'm a, Don Devane and I launched the Death Race podcast, uh, hmm. Spartan Death Race podcast. I don't know if you had a chance to listen to some of those. We're talking all things crazy Death Race stories. Um, but, man, I have got a lot going on. But there's, I don't allow myself to get involved in anything. This is a, a little, little mental conditioning for people out there listening. I don't let myself get involved with anything that I'm not going to enjoy. In some form or fashion, and being the internal optimist, you might say, "Well, Yancey, it sounds like you enjoy everything." But no, there's there are some things that I would not enjoy doing, and I've worked real hard to put myself in a position where I don't have to say yes to those things anymore. I just, um, it's like this podcast. I said, said I said yes to you, not because well, I should do it. It's because man, I enjoy this. This is an hour and fifteen minutes of freaking time that just fills my love tank up, man. I I love this kind of stuff so. Um, thanks to you, man, for what you do and having me on today. Of course. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time. Like you said, you have a million things going on. And, and that reminds me, there's this one entrepreneur who like, right. Who's like an author. His name's Derek Sivers. He has this thing. It's like, it's either a hell yes or no. And if, if you're not really excited to do something, then you should say no to it. Um, Dude, this is a perfect time to, I'm going to take one minute here to cover something you just brought up. I have people, so I can see, you see people on social media sometimes, you see how their messaging is and they wonder, they wonder why maybe I'm not having the level of success that I want to have. Maybe I'm not building the network that I want to build. Um, maybe I feel like I'm stuck in the mud right now. I, I encourage, you know, and I know you'll agree with me, Rich. I, we need to encourage people to adjust their frame of reference, adjust their, their method of, of communicating. I, I see people that are in business all the time taking uh, a path that, and, and this, let's be direct here. It t- it's a path that people that are working with other companies see their messaging and they're like, man, that guy or girls, they look like they're pretty good at what they do, but 
I don't want to associate with them. Mm-hmm. It, doesn't, it doesn't fit. Doesn't fit who I am. So for we're we're getting ready to be in a world. It, we're kind of in it right now. We're unemployment skyrocketing. It's going to be harder. We're going to have to work harder to make our way. And it's going to be everybody's going to be in a level of challenge. Um, don't want to be a Debbie Downer here at all, but it's kind of like that. We've gone through some times in our life when it was like you know you look at the Great Depression and whatnot where. We, and I'm not saying that's where we're, we're headed, but the mind, you've got to be very resilient and creative with your mind. And there is nothing more powerful than messaging yourself in a way that helps you align with others. Because the moment, uh, it's like right now, you, you, you call me into this podcast. For the rest of our life, we will have a stronger relationship because we did this. That's a given, dude. Mm-hmm. I am a stronger person. I am more valuable and I have more, I can provide people more because of this hour and 15 minutes that I took today to mesh with you. We are both more powerful. That's a, that's a network that's, that's meshing forces people. That is so freaking important. If you are doing anything in your life that is creating alienation between the masses out there, the possibility of working and being able to mesh and, and, and brand with others you need to change. You need to you need to take a different path. Possibly, maybe maybe you like being divisive, or that maybe that's your brand. I guess there's a small percentage of people out there like that. But for most people, I want you to think. Sometimes we we need to pause. I, I hit the pause button and say, "Wait a second here. I might should adjust the way I'm getting ready to say what I'm getting ready to say. Is it is it coming from a service world? You know, like on social media." My good friend, Brian Nunez, uh, idea, 2019 Ideal World Fitness Coach of the Year. This guy is a freaking rock star. He coined the term service media. He said, we need to stop calling it social media. It needs to be service media. Are you serving? If you're not serving, if you're in business and you're not serving people with your social channels, you need to freaking adjust. Mm. Provide service. And people will want to align with you. Other companies will want to align with you. So this is just, this is not Yancey. This is something that this all stuff, like I say, you always give credit where credit is due. This is, I'm speaking as the, as the, all the millions of nuggets that people have served me with. This is just me passing on those nuggets. This isn't genius Yancey. This is genius other people that have served me and said, Yancey, now it's your turn to pass it on. So just a little bit of uh, mental conditioning there to, to close this out for, for all your, your listeners, my friend and viewers. Really appreciate that. And like, you're right. It needs to, and that is something that is, could be good from all of this is that we will take this time to actually connect and not be divisive for the sake of being divisive because we're all in this together, more or less. Everyone's affected some way, you know, like greatly. So we need to have that and we need to connect and align ourselves and, and, and provide value to each other because we are the only thing here to support each other because we're all yeah. doing this, the same thing. So it's yeah. a really valuable message. I really do appreciate you, you, you sharing that. Um, and I'll direct some links, everything to anti camp, to your socials and everything like that. Cause a, uh, a lot, a lot of awesome it. stuff going on. Um, did you think of something that you don't like that everybody else likes? Um, Oh, I, okay, what's what's the new show on Netflix? Is it Tiger King? Like what? I, okay, well, everybody like Hunter called me yesterday. He's like, "Dude, you got to watch Tiger King. It's the greatest." And I'm like, "I haven't watched it, so I'm not going to say. I, I, I can't say for sure, but 
I have a strong feeling that I'm not going to be a Tiger King fan. (laughs) We're going to kind of, I watch a few, so at least I can say, well, maybe I do or maybe I don't. But my, it seems like everybody likes that right now, but I pretty damn sure the Nancy's not going to be spending very much time at all watching Tiger King. I've, I've, I heard it's the biggest hot mess disaster to possibly ever grace the our screens so i don't know if you've watched it is that, is that accurate i haven't watched it i'm kind of in the same boat as you it's like oh it's so great it's like yeah you can't look away it's like well what kind of value is this <laughs> like is it just to take my mind off of something shitty that might be happening or is or is this actually going to be enriching so it's hard yeah, now, to- I don't get me wrong i am a sucker for amazing comedy Oh my gosh. I love making people laugh. I love watching good comedy. And sometimes good comedy is nothing more than just a wonderful, just sit back and relax. My, my kids and I, and Amy, my, my wife, we, we watched, uh, the best of Will Ferrell on SNL Saturday Live, dude. I mean, that's just, that's just, I'm not getting a lot out of it, but I'm getting a ton of laughter and laughter right. is very, very healthy. So I don't want to be the guy that says, well, I'm not going to the mud. Out of it, listen, good, but there, I just think there's a difference. Like, there's Will definitely Ferrell, a difference. <laughs> there's definitely a difference. Kevin Hart makes Kevin Hart laugh. I watch Kevin Hart and Ellen DeGeneres on on social media right now are just make dude, they are hilarious. They're making people die laughing, but I think that's good for the soul. Um, so I don't know. I don't know if freaking Tiger King is going to be good for my soul, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> and like the only reason I want to watch it at all is just to talk about it with other people. And and in and in like a month, people are not gonna be talking about it. But so like I could just weather this storm and just not watch it and be fine. <laughs> yeah. So there's other things I want to watch first for sure. Okay. I, that's a that's a good one because that is people are going crazy and crazy. watching it and like crushing the whole thing on like a weekend. Um yeah. well Nancy, you're a great man. Again, I really appreciate you, you popping on. Again, I'll link to everything. Uh, so people can reach out to you i'll hit stop here but we'll we'll stay on screen for a little bit man so uh, again thanks everybody listening and we'll talk to you soon